And listen, that happens because of you. And so uh, we had an amazing Christmas offering. On Christmas Eve, uh, just a week and a couple of days ago, I gave you the number at that point. The number has since grown dramatically, and we still hear that there is more to come. And so the number I'm about to tell you is still not even close to where we're going to end up on this, where we, for our Christmas offering, are investing in needs in places like Haiti. And we also talked about, in addition to what we're doing through World Hope, buying chickens and pigs and and goats for sustainable food and income in Haiti. We're also developing this year a scholarship fund to send kids who would not be able to afford to go to summer camp, to go and be mentored and have their lives transformed this summer. And and as much as we're going to be able to do, we might be able to do beyond just this summer. I mean, it's blowing me away. We're supporting local food kitchens to feed the hungry and homeless shelters to give people a warm bed to sleep in at night. And the list goes on and on. And in addition, because of the excess generosity of you, the church, we're going to be able to even set aside this crisis response fund so that when the next tragedy happens, we're already positioned to go invest in it. Because as of right now, and the number is still growing, you gave $92,000. I'm sorry, 97,000 is the last I heard, and it's still growing. Come on, come on, give glory to God. I am amazed by what God is doing through you. And man, I I know that God blesses generosity, faith-filled, sacrificial giving, because that's the story of our lives for Tracy and me. Yesterday, We celebrated our 26th wedding anniversary. That's a long time to be married, but it's a good time to be married. Uh, I won't even tell you how hard some of those years are. You know, it's hard for two people to come together and become one, but, but we have learned to communicate and grow and been through those hard times and figured out how to, to, to serve one another as we serve Christ. And yesterday, uh, we, we were eating with our, our adult children, and, uh, and we were just kind of sharing some stories about what it was like before they were born, when we were first married, and about how we had no money. And, and all I could do was just tell my kids what I have seen again and again is when we have tithed and given 10% to the work of God first in his church, and then beyond that, given as much as a total of 20% of our income every year, even when we barely had enough to put food on our table. And yet every time we sacrificially gave our first fruits first, and then when we had a need, God provided it. One time somebody gave us $10,000 because we needed a car. We didn't ask for it, but we had been giving all that year. And when the need arose, God gave it. We had replacing the roof on our house Uh, replacing the furnace again and again when we had nothing, we could barely get through, but we put God first. And as a result of our sacrificial obedience and generosity, God has provided and done his miracles in our lives again and again and again. And I tell you, two of the things that prove to me more than anything that I've seen in my experiences over the years that God is real is number one, transformed life. 
lives. I have seen people who were addicted to drugs. I've seen marriages that were falling apart. I have seen people who were depressed. And I've seen people who were absolutely in bondage to the things of this world. And they surrendered to Jesus and his love changed everything. That's the number one thing. But the number two thing is what we're talking about right now through our Christmas offering that we have found as individuals and we have found as a church that God does miracles for his faithful when we step up and obey him first. He provides blessing as a response. And that to me is evidence of the reality of God's presence in this world because I have seen him do financial miracles again and again and again. And that's why I don't care how things might get difficult in our household. We prioritize giving because that is how God unlocks his blessing in our lives so often. And so uh, that's just my little testimony. Believe it or not, I wasn't planning to talk about a lick of that when I first walked up here. But seeing what we did through the Haiti uh, Christmas offering and local needs just inspired me. And I hope that's an encouragement and a blessing to you. Maybe that's part of the step that God wants you to take in this coming year for 2021. But I have a scripture verse, a, a whole passage. It's about nine or ten verses that I want to share with you as I was praying about how to start this new year, 2021. I don't know if you heard anything about this, but apparently 2020 wasn't so great for people. Are you familiar? Yes? And so what, what is it that we need going into 2021? Because I'm, I'm looking forward to things getting better, but I am under no delusion that all of a sudden everything's going to be great. And so what do we need? I think there are three words that stand out in a passage that I feel like God gave us today. And the passage is John chapter 6. And we'll get to it in a minute. But here in John chapter 6, I see three words that are not listed specifically in the passage. But there are three words when I read this passage that stand out to me as the three messages of John 6, 26 to 35. And the three words are performance power, and presence. Performance, power, and presence. Now, what does that mean? Well, let's, let's walk through this passage verse by verse, and then maybe by the time we get to the end, it'll kind of come together and make sense. And so let's begin with John 6, verse 26. So Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, you are looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Now, when Jesus says, you're looking for me for the wrong reasons, right? Jesus says, you're looking for me for the wrong reasons. This doesn't make sense until you understand that what we're beginning here in verse 26, what we're jumping into is, is we're jumping right into the middle of a conversation that is happening between Jesus and this, this group of people who have been searching for him. And it really started the day before, where on the day before, Jesus had performed the miracle of the feeding of the thousands, 
right? Where there are thousands and thousands and thousands of people out on the hillside and, and they're hungry and they don't have anything to eat and there's no Tim Hortons, no McDonald's, no Swiss Chalet anywhere nearby. Even if there was, probably a lot of them wouldn't be able to afford it anyway. And so they're hungry and they, they're listening to Jesus teach, but they, but they really want some food. And so Jesus does this amazing miracle where he takes the bread, the the loaves of bread and the fishes, and he prays over them and he blesses them and he multiplies because that's what God does. He is a multiplier and he multiplies. And and, and when it's all done, these little loaves of bread and a few fish were able to feed thousands of thousands of people. And, And everybody was amazed and shocked and their bellies were full, and it tasted good. And so the next day, they came searching for Jesus to see if he would do it again. Maybe today he'll do something even better than he did yesterday. But when Jesus confronts them, he says, look, 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 you have come back to me today for the wrong reasons. He says, the reason you came back to look for me, you're looking for me, not because you saw the signs I performed, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. In other words, Jesus says, there are two reasons that you might come looking for me. The one is that you see the signs that I perform. Now, what does a sign do? It points to something else. And so the purpose of the miracles and the signs and the wonders that Jesus has done, the purpose of those is to point to the reality that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, the one whom the prophets had long foretold, who has come into this world to be the salvation for our, from our sins and to transform our hearts and make us right to build the bridge, to repair the gap between us and the Father that has been distanced by our sin in this world and in our humanity. And so Jesus said, the problem is you're looking for me for the wrong reasons. You're not looking for me because of the signs I performed that showed you that I am the way, the truth, and the life and the only one way to the Father. But rather you were looking for me because you ate the loaves and had your fill. In other words, you're looking for me because you think that maybe I'll do more to give you free food, more to make you feel comfortable, more to take care of your felt needs in your day-to-day life. And what are the things that we hope that God will do for us? What are the things that we hope God will provide for us as miracle bread? I hear again and again, and I know, I relate, I'm human just like you, we all share these needs that, that so many of our prayer requests are about things like, Lord, I need more money. Lord, I want a better job. Lord, I want more career fulfillment. Lord, I, I'm lonely. I want that special relationship to come into my life. Lord, could we have children and we're trying and it's not happening. Lord, I, I, I have this broken relationship and I want you to help me restore it. Lord, I, I have this goal and I, I keep falling short and Lord, I'm struggling with my self-esteem and my identity. Help me feel better about myself. And all these things that are, listen, none of those are bad prayers. They're not. They're good prayers. 
but they're insufficient. They miss the point. Jesus said the point is not that you eat the loaves and have your fill of what the world has to offer. The point is you need to be looking for me because of the signs and wonders that I truly am the Messiah, the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. And so then he, he says, not only are you looking for me for the wrong reasons, but also all the work that you are doing and the things that you are prioritizing in your life are also wrong. Jesus says, so do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. So all those things that listed, they're food that spoils. All the money and security that I can get, all the things that I think will make my life better, all the things that I've been working for, all the things that we seek when it comes to entertainment and the gratification of the flesh and our, and our desires, and all of that is temporary. It spoils just like bread. Yes, it can satisfy for a moment, but it does not sustain us. And so Jesus says, instead, we need to focus on food, working for food that endures to eternal life. What are the things that actually last forever that Jesus says we should focus on? What, what, what is temporary and what is eternal? There are only three things, I think, that are eternal in this world. Number one is God, right? God is forever Number two, his word, the truth. That'll last forever. The truth, the word. And then number three, the souls of humanity. Everything outside of those three things is temporary. And Jesus says the problem is not only are you looking for me for the wrong reasons, he says, but you're also spending all of your time and your life working for things that are temporary rather than focusing on the things that are eternal. Your relationship with God, the truth of his word, and the souls of human beings. He says, which the Son of God, or the Son of Man, Jesus used those terms often interchangeably. He called himself the Son of God and the Son of Man will give you. That only Jesus is the source. For on him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. And then they asked him, what must we do to do the work God requires? What must we do in order to please God? Remember our three P words? What was the first one? Performance. What kind of performance does God want us to achieve in our life in order to get this eternal life that you're talking about, Jesus? And Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's not about what you do. Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe, to believe in the one he has sent. Instead of your performance, it's about his Here's the second word, power, in your life. We live in a world that, perform, that, 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 that defines your identity by how other people see you, how you define yourself, and the things that you do. And, and so next week, to get 
more into this, this mode of what Jesus is talking about to start the year off right. Next week, we're going to start this brand new series uh, called Six Habits of Healthy People. Six Habits of Healthy People. Now, you're going to see that each of those habits is also uh, counterbalanced by negative toxic habits that make us unhealthy. And so how to remove those toxic habits and replace them with healthy habits. But the first one that we're going to look at next week is to realize that in all of your habits, it's not about what you do, but it's about what you believe. It's about your identity, knowing who you are in Christ Jesus. And so that's, that's what we're going to start with next week, is to really break down this line of what Jesus says. So after Jesus has explained this to them, they still have questions. They asked him, well then, what sign will you give that we may see it and believe you? In other words, what will you do for us? So Jesus, if it's not about what we do that earns our way to eternal life, then, then, then what are you gonna do for us? And that comes back to what most of us ask for in our prayers, what most of us seek in our lives are the things that are temporary rather than the things that are eternal, right? Remember all the things that we prayed about? Lord, I, I, I need more money. Lord, I need you to solve my problems. Lord, I, 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 need, I need a relationship. Lord, I need satisfaction. Lord, I, I need you to fix the problems in my life and make things better for me. That's what most of our prayers and concerns tend to be about, right? And so they ask, Jesus, if we could never do enough, then tell us. Let's flip the script and ask, what are you going to do for us? I had a recent conversation with somebody who said, Joel, they were pretty disillusioned. And they said, Joel, I, I, I've been around this Jesus thing for a while, and it hasn't seemed to take care of my problems and make my life easier. And they were really unhappy about that and kind of walking away from their faith because they felt like, Jesus is not doing his part of the deal. Here's the thing. That was never the deal. Jesus never said that he would take away all of your problems and make your life easier. If that's what you expect, you will be sorely disappointed when you follow Jesus. What Jesus said is not that he would remove your problems, that he would give you the power to push through them and redeem them for his glory and the advancement of his kingdom. That's the difference. And so how do we get that power to press through whatever this world throws at us? And when people turn against us, and when we're disappointed, and when we have needs, where does that come from? And Jesus says, look, 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 Jesus said to them, or I'm sorry, they said, our ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Moses gave us bread. Why won't you give us bread? Just make our lives easier. Take care of our problems, Jesus. And, and he said to them, no, very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father. 
Don't expect other people be, to be able to fix those problems. It's my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. We want more of that. That sounds good. And so Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. And with these words, Jesus is introducing us to this idea of the sacrament that we now call communion. I wonder, a question when it comes to eating and drinking, how many of you, how many of you have kind of gotten into the habit of doing that? You kind of like eat food and drink something pretty much every day. How many, how many of you? Come on. That's, that's kind of part of our sustenance, right? We know that our bodies need food and water. We know that. But what we fail to realize is that our spirits need to be fed as well. And listen, that's what I find so often is we're focused on our problems rather than God's presence in our lives. And God's presence is the only one who can give us the power to press through our problems. Come on, come on. We need his nourishment every day spiritually. We need it. We desperately need it. And so my prayer for you this year, this is why I wanted to lead out with John chapter six, is this. Let's look at those three words again. Performance. It's not about your performance. It's not about you being the best out there. It's about his power. But the problem is, if you pursue his power, you will never get it. If all you do is ask Jesus for his power, you will never get it because power is a byproduct of his presence. What you need more than anything this year is to seek his presence. And so we're beginning this year with the sacrament of communion as a reminder to you that what you need more than anything this year is just like you eat bread and drink every day. You need to feed your spirit. Would you make a habit of getting into his word every day? Would you make a commitment to, to, to do your best not to miss your small group meetings this year when you get together and pray together and study God's word together with your small group? Maybe you want to join some of our other prayer initiatives and prayer groups that happen around here throughout the week. Because I think if you're depending upon your performance to get through the challenges of 2021, you will fail miserably. What you need is his power, but do not seek him for what he can do for you. Seek him for who he is, because seeking his presence 
is the only way that his power comes along in the deal in your life. And so, Heavenly Father, as we get ready to receive the sacrament of communion together, all those who are here in the room, after we sing this song, we're going to, uh, to get the little cups that we were given when we came in. And those of you who are at home, maybe you want to just get up while we sing this song here in just a minute and go into your kitchen or wherever you are and get a cracker or a piece of bread or something and get something to drink as we celebrate this reminder of what you have done for us, Lord. Lord, may 2021 be so evidenced by your power in our lives, your miracle signs and wonders power in our lives. But Lord, we don't seek you just for what you can do for us. Help us to seek you first your presence, to spend time with you, to seek you, to worship you, to prioritize you. So I thank you for all these people who've made it a priority to be here today. We're, we, we come, we engage as an act of submission and surrender. Lord, we put ourselves in a position to experience your presence. Oh Lord, have your way in our lives. For you are a good God. Oh, we worship you.